Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends and tactics from some of the world's most innovative minds in music. I'm artist manager and consultant, Jordan Williams. And I'm Sam Heisel, co-founder of the music marketing and content production agency, Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Jordan, what's happening, man? How you feeling? I'm good, man. Just got back from a, a vacation in the Poconos, ready to hop into some music business podcast, bro. What we got today? There we go, man. We got Eddie Sears, the creative director at Ultra. He also is a producer and DJ. You can find him by searching Rocket Penguin. Really incredible creative sound and direction that he's creating um, with both his own music as well as the artists he's supporting over at Ultra. Really love diving in this episode and getting, a, getting to really hear his, under, uh, his approach to creative strategy, standing out as an artist, deconstructing what makes a great music video. I think he's worked and supported tons of really incredible artists. Had the pleasure of being able to collaborate on Black Coffee together, uh, which we dive into a bit. But what stood out to you, Jordan? Um, I think it's really interesting that he's a creative director for himself versus other artists and what that process was like. Um, you know, we get into that, what it is, what the difference is between when he does it for himself and when he does it for other artists and how he kind of approaches it differently. Um, I also think that he did a great job explaining what makes creative director not only necessary, but how to be a, a, a good creative director, even conceptually. Um, you know, we kind of talked about watering the seed versus planting it, which we'll get into. Um, and the last thing I thought was really interesting was how he uses Rocket, Rocket Penguin to actually uh, fulfill his creative vision. So anything that he actually wants to try, he actually uses Rocket Penguin as a, as a testing board, but also to try cool shit that he really likes. So um, he gets to, you know, through his own brand and, and through his artist's brand, pretty much explore, it seemed, the, you know, the full scale of what he considers creative direction and what's exciting to him, which is, which sounds really awesome and fulfilling. And I'm glad that we get to get into it in this episode. Yeah, for sure. And before we do jump into this week's episode, we do want to take a second to, to shout out and thank our partner, Vidya. Uh, if you guys aren't already familiar, get familiar. Vidya is an end-to-end music technology platform that gives labels the infrastructure and technology to power their business. I know a lot of you guys are listening. Um, maybe you're thinking about starting your own independent label, uh, supporting different artists. Maybe you're operating as a manager and really thinking around how you can support your artists even more and help with regards to distribution. Vidya is a perfect partner in that regard. They help with rights management, audio and video distribution, publishing, analytics, marketing, and more. I think what I really love is that the fact that like you have to apply. They don't necessarily accept everybody. It's not a, a complete like DIY service, but given the fact that they are accepting, it kind of creates this, uh, they're able to, to give that uh, a much higher level of support to their artists and, and, and help with regards to advising and potentially executing upon different, different strategies, different promotional mechanisms, whether it's playlisting, whatever it may be, um, super powerful partner to have. Jordan, what stands out to you about video? Um, well, they're premium partners for everywhere that you want to be. So Spotify, Apple, TikTok, Vivo, Facebook, uh, and more. So, you know, independent music labels drive community and culture and Vidya provides the back office tech and infrastructure so that they can compete globally. So really providing that second half of an artist's or, or, or sorry, labels vision. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, um, 
I think definitely check it out for yourself. You can go to video.com slash MBP, VYDIA.com slash MBP. It's an application page exclusively for the Music Business Podcast listeners. I think if you're looking for a premier distribution partner, definitely we're checking them out, applying. You want to you take down the, the next quality control, the next TDE. <laughs> video is going to be the, the secret weapon in your back pocket. Starts with video. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's it. Now, now it's time. Mr. Eddie Sears, let's jump into this week's episode. Let's do it. Eddie, what's happening, man? How are you feeling? Good, good. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. doing well, man. Cannot, uh, cannot complain. Excited to have you on the podcast, man. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, man. I mean, for starters, I know we've crossed paths at Ultra throughout the years, and you've always been involved in a lot of really fun projects from a very cool creative capacity and, and strategic. Can you dive into kind of what the the specific kind of, uh, the, the if you were to deconstruct your role, kind of core outcomes you're after and what you're really working on? That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, so I'm the creative director at Ultra, uh, which basically covers everything that has to do uh, with uh, the visual and communication side of the projects. Uh, so I kind of come in the, in the picture once the music is done uh, and uh, work together with other teams, such as marketing and digital and production, to make sure that uh, the project is properly communicated and there's content and there's assets and there's music videos and there's artwork and there's TikToks and there's uh, Instagrams and all that fun stuff. But uh, most importantly, I think uh, the building of the strategy and the execution of the strategy uh, that has to do with the visual side of things. Awesome. Question. Um, obviously, like, I mean, one, you're an artist yourself, but artists in general are very sensitive about their work. It makes sense, right? It's their life's work. It's what all, everything, they put everything into it. I had to be very sensitive to that when I was a manager. I still do, even in my current position, even though it's not a direct manager. How do you communicate with artists in a way where you're giving them advice, you're giving them guidance as to how to creatively roll out something or be strategic about something creatively without kind of crossing that line, um, that, that, that line that you know, may seem like you're, you're overstepping? Yeah. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that because um, I think at the end of the day, what we do, what I do, what creative directors do, what labels in general, uh, what we do is we amp we're amplifiers. Like we amplify what the artists are about, what the artist's vision is, uh, what their uh, um, what their idea of of the project is. Uh, we can take it from, you know, the spark that it's their idea to a full ember all the way to, uh, you know, fire. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's very rare and generally not very successful when you construct something, when you uh, build something and you kind of like uh, uh, step into the creative realm thinking, okay, I'm going to take over. This is what we're going to do. And this is what the project is going to be about. That generally never works. Uh, so I think. What I, what I normally do, the approach that I love to take and to help is really to uh, uh, basically share my experience, share what my vision can be, uh, share uh, uh, you know case studies that may or, ha or may not have been successful uh, that could be comparable to what the artist is about, what the project is about, what the song is about, uh, and build from there. Um, 
I think that, uh, yeah, like I said, we're echo chambers, you know, like we can't build it for you, uh, but we can be of great assistance. Right. So it seems like you, you branch off of that really strong foundation, but the artist has to have that foundation in order for you to kind of plant, you know, they, they plant the seed and you kind of help it grow. I think so. I mean, I've, I'd like to say that that's always the case. <laughs> uh, you know, in, in, in some scenarios, uh, I, I will say that there have been, there has been cases where, you know, there, there was, it, it was just a song, right? And, uh, and you have to build a narrative, you have to build a, a visual component to it. And sometimes there's not that big of an idea behind it. And so you just have to fabricate it. But, um, but generally speaking, that's not the approach that I love to take. That's generally speaking, not an approach that I've found to be successful. So those artists, and it also proves who are the real artists uh, and, and who has something to say. You know, so yeah, to, to, to answer your question, I definitely uh, start from the seed and I just water the shit out of it. Right. <laughs> I love that. And then, I mean, I, I mean, Jordan kind of mentioned this too, but like alludes to the fact that, I mean, you're an artist yourself. Um, would love for you to set the stage around Rocket Penguin and, and also to beyond that, like how you kind of uh, balance the two projects. I don't know. It's, um, can both have a lot of different things and ambitions, I'm sure. So just striking that balance, curious how you navigate that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Rocket Penguin uh, is, is a very interesting story, meaning that um, it's a project that I've had for, for a while now, but I've really invested in and taken to the next level in the past year. Uh, and what it is, it's really a, a fun narrative uh, to tell a story uh, that is my personal story, uh, which is, you know, of, of someone, you know, moving from place A to place B uh, and, and, you know, deal, deal, have, have to, having to deal with it. So, um, you know, in, in the case of the penguin, the it's, it's a, you know, it's a kind of a metaphor to, you know, of a penguin moving from Antarctica, which is the most, non-contaminated and natural place on on the planet to New York City, which is the most, you know, constructed place on the planet and, um, you know, and, and deal with all of, all of the steps and, and difficulties that are of an immigrant. Uh, but, you know, in addition, the thing is a penguin. So, you know, simple tasks such as swiping a Metro card become completely uh, difficult and almost impossible to do. So there's, there's this, this exaggeration and, and this, you know, it kind of serves as a catalyst as a catalyst to tell a story. Uh, and I've been making music and I've been writing music and I've been a performer for, for as long as I can remember way before I started working at ultra. Uh, and, um, and this just kind of became the natural evolution of that. Uh, and, um, and it, it, you know, and it's, uh, the music serves the narrative, uh, and the narrative works because of the music. So it's a very music and visual project, if you would, uh, where every song and music video tell a step of that story and that narrative. 
I love that. That's fascinating. And the, the intentionality behind the the story, great to see how that's kind of manifesting in the actual, the music and the kind of creative expression itself. When you think about the, um, I mean, when it comes to the, the balance, like how, how, I mean, just, I think there's multiple people that are listening to this podcast that are also kind of like working potentially in the industry and pursuing kind of uh, artistry on the side, like a, as a kind of a second avenue as well. I'm very curious from your perspective, like, um, tactically, tactically with regards to like allocating time and, and how you've been able to get into a flow. I mean, I, I know you keep yourself really busy doing a lot of great work at ultra. So it's, it's gotta be a bit of a juggling act, but in your experience and trying to juggle, how have you learned to like juggle? Well, well, well um, a lot of experience and no, a lot of practice, no, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the truth is, is that, you know, I've never, I've never put none of the two, uh, you know, as a, a second, you know, it's always been, I, I didn't choose to do Rocket Penguin. It was just a thing that I needed to do. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you have to get out of your system and you have to do, and you, and you do it for fun and you do it for pleasure, uh, first and foremost, and you do it because you want to say something. Um, and in that, you know, in my specific case, I was lucky that I was able to do it together with ultra. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I, you know, I would always pick up the phone, you know, for, for a, a, a work call for, uh, you know, an artist calling me for, and I would give 110% to both, you mm -hmm. know, and the way you do it is you just make sacrifices that, you know, maybe are not ordinary. You know, I, spent a lot of nights, you know, at home and working on, on, on personal projects. And I spent a lot of nights working on ultra in order to have time to dedicate to mm -hmm. Rocket Penguin, you know? So, uh, uh, you know, and, and obviously I've been lucky at ultra that I was able to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I also feel if you work really hard and if you prove yourself, um, then, and, and if you're, you know, if you are in the art, business, if you're in the, in the entertainment business, these types of, of activities and projects actually keep you sane and keep you hungry to mm -hmm. do more and no more. And, and, and they also serve as a test ground. I've, I've done and tried things with Rocket Penguin, even in live shows, you know, doing crazy visuals. And I brought like massive LED screens at Mercury Lounge in New York, you know, which is a tiny venue and, uh, and, and play with that. And I feel like, all of those little experiences served projects at ultra and vice versa, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it's almost as if obviously like you probably have creative ideas that you, that you, the artist you may not, the artist that you work with may not want to do, or it doesn't align with their brand, but then you can try those things because you have, you have this brand that, that is available, not as just this testing ground, but for you, you know, I feel like the best artists make music that they want to listen to. It's, it, it's almost like the same thing with creative, right? The best creative is creative that you think is really interesting, but you can't always manifest that through the artists that you work with because it might not make sense for the artists, but you, you know, you have a space where you can do that now and, and be intentional about it, which is awesome. That's correct. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I never impose what I think should be done to the artists. I always exactly. take what they want and, you know, take it to a, to another level possibly. And for the most part, uh, so, you know, rocket penguin is kind of a project 
a project that represents what I would do from A to B, from A to Z, you know? So from, from the music to the visuals, to what the live show looks like, to the communication and whatnot. Uh, whilst, you know, the, the, when I'm at ultra, it's, um, my experience and, and, and my skill set, so mm-hmm. the vision of artists that might not align with mine, but my experience might help bring theirs to life, if that makes sense. Right. For sure. For sure. So you said a little bit earlier that you water the seed. What are some questions that you need to ask in order to do that efficiently? Or what's the information you need to know kind of off the bat to kind of lay the groundwork for you to do your best work? Absolutely. So. Um, the, the questions that I normally ask are, <laughs> who are you? What's your story? <laughs> you know, where do you come from? Why are you making music? Uh, what is the music that you made? What does it mean to you? Uh, you know, what are your inspirations? What are projects that you love? What are projects that you like? Uh, what are projects that you don't like? Uh, you know, and, and I feel like the, the, it's generally a conversation and the, the broader it is, the more specific you can get because um, most of the times uh, you really learn about people and artists for things that are outside of the music. Uh, you know, I grew up listening to pop punk, California pop punk. There's a massive skate and surf culture. Uh, knowing about that culture uh, would help understanding the visual side of things of that, you know, why, why does Vans Warped Tour look like Vans Warped Tour and not Ultra Music Festival? Why, you know, obviously the music is different, but why does it look different? Because, you know, that culture comes from a whole, that, that aesthetic comes from a whole culture in the same way. So there's Ultra Music Festival. So, um, you know, uh, it's generally a conversation that I have with the artists and with the managers and, and the more points we can touch on, the better it is. Um, and from there you start drafting things, you know, mood boards, sending images back and forth and see what you like, what you, what they react to, what they don't. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's, 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 it's never like no two projects are the same. Do you do your own creative direction or, or do you talk to other people about creative direction too? It's kind of like that, that, that uh, I asked my therapist recently if she had a therapist. It's, it's like sort of like that sort of type thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a great question because, you know, when, when you work for someone else, you like, I know what's good and what's not good. But when you're doing it for yourself, you're always like, Ooh, is this good? Uh, but uh, no, I, 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 <laughs> I, I love to do my own creative direction. But I love to surround myself with amazing creatives that I've, uh, uh, you know, crossed paths with uh, throughout my experience. My, my first video was directed together with Tyler Yee, who's an incredible director. Uh, we shot, uh, you know, DJ Premier and Asap Ferg video together and a Galantis video together. And then, you know, I was like, well, I have this project. And he was like, let's shoot the video together. And we went around New York with this giant penguin you know, and that was, uh, that was crazy. I, you know, I've, during the pandemic, obviously being in lockdown, I experienced 3d, for example, 3d art. And I worked with Ombra studio who is uh, historically Martin Garrix's visual company. And, you know, I happened to grow up next to them in Italy and, you know, and, and, and then they became that and I became this and they were like, Oh, let's do this 
you know, for Rocket Penguin, uh, Yellow in LA. Like, I love to surround myself with incredible creatives that really take, I would say, the the concept, and then together we develop it to bring it to another level. You know, right, right, for sure. No, that's awesome. And when you think about the, um, I'm curious when it comes to like music videos, I mean, you mentioned kind of directing and being involved and I mean, you've been a part and have, yeah, like been a part of a lot of different music videos. So I'm curious from your perspective, like what, are, what constitutes a great music video? What are like factors? I mean, there's narrative, there's but like from your perspective, not that there's like a black and white checklist every single time, but what is the black and white checklist? <laughs> well, uh, let me just uh, let me take it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need the silver bullet, Eddie. He's like, who told you about the list? How yeah. we going about it? <laughs> nah, I told you that was private information. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, speaking of music videos, it's um, that's, a, that's a macro theme, right? Because especially when people come to Ultra, they're like, artists signs to Ultra, they're like, we want a video have a massive YouTube channel. So they're like, we want a video. Uh, but the truth is, is that um, it, it goes like, every, like exactly like everything else. Like there's no, there's no set path. And for some songs, it may not make, make sense to do a music video. Um, uh, the, 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 I think that music always comes first in music, at least, uh, unless you're a very specific type of artists, uh, think of, Childish Gambino or Lil Dicky, for lack of a better, <laughs> better example, but um, or even Lady Gaga. Uh, j- just just to name a few that are very very visual driven. Um, uh, this is America by Childish Gambino. That was not a treatment that someone wrote. You know what I mean? That was a, a, a video that he had in mind, and he wrote the song thinking about that. You know and. Uh, those are the music videos that succeed the most where, you know, you, the, the video and, and audio really go hand in hand or are entangled. Um, but sometimes you don't require a full on narrative. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you just need a cool piece of, 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 of visuals, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to go with a song. I think of, Dioro five hours, you know, that it's just a loop of a, of a, of a street, you know, in the desert and it just goes and it's a endless road. And the concept of it, it's just like, I'm lost in this loop and, and the, the road is never ending. How many times have, you know, do you drive along California and these, you know, the streets that, and these, these roads that are just like endless and your mind just starts wondering that music video that to me, that's a music video, you know, and it's just a five second loop, but it's powerful because it goes very well with the song, and if and the song, being the song called Five Hours," um, it 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 really translates to that concept, um, case by case. That's that's my just so you know that's going to be my answer for everything. Like in case yeah, you yeah. ask, me, just say it's going to be a case by case. Nice. No, no, or, for sure. Or he'll just say like it's about that balance. Balance. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the yeah. quote from the episode. Case by case, Eddie. Sears. Case by case. <laughs> um, when it comes to like budgets, I know it's so easy for like music video budgets to get like really expensive really quickly. I'm very curious from your perspective, operating on the label side. Like I know you're involved. I mean, kind of working to make sure economics are working out based on the size of the artist and potential returns. Um, like, 
in my experience, I am often candidly just like baffled by how much money is spent on music videos for emerging artists that can be signed with major labels. Like, um, especially when you look at like as a marketer across like the marketing mix as a whole, it's like maybe instead of spending like greater than six figures on this one music video, it's like run a bunch of ads, get in front of people on a video that costs 10 K and make sure they're like popping on TikTok. Like from your perspective, I mean, case by case, it's a balance aside. What, (laughs) (laughs) what, uh, yeah, yeah. What sorts of, um, how how do you go about evaluating what is a a worthwhile investment to make on a music video? It's, it depends on what the purpose of the music video is, meaning that, uh, it might make sense to spend a little more at the beginning, for example, if you're establishing a very visual artist, if you're establishing an artist that has a crazy idea, I want to ride a camel in San Francisco, for example, just, just made that up. I don't know if someone did it, but like, you know, it's like, well, getting a camel to San Francisco might be very expensive, but the idea is so m- mental that it might make sense. Um, a lot of artists come in and they're like, I want a hundred grand video, uh, but they do, let's go and get treatments. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's, the, that's the worst case scenario. You know, it's like you want a very high budget and no idea. So, and every now and then you get a great treatment that really, you know, that is like, you know, the director comes in and he's like, I get the song and I have this great idea. We're going to do it. Uh, But for the most part, you get, like you said, really expensive videos and that not many people get to see because then A, they're not that good. B, they're good, but they don't serve the purpose of the song. Uh, And C, there's no (laughs) budget to run ads after you spent all that money. Um, but I will say the, this is changing and, and it's changing. It has been changing for the, for the in the past five years, uh, more than ever with, you know, with social media being so predominant, you know, and, and, and having Instagram stars and now TikTok stars. And, and, um, and, and I feel, um, that, you know, that there, there is a bit of a shift where, you're like, let's spend a little less on the video unless it's worth it and do a really cool social media activation, for example. Um, so it's, it's no, not as it used to be where it was like, I want, I want 50 grand for my video. Meanwhile, I'm, I just made a song in this song in my bedroom. It's not even properly mastered, you know? Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say that it's it's very important to to balance it. Um, all jokes aside, uh, also because you know the label fronts the money, but then there, it, it needs to make economic sense for the label to front that money. So you want to make sure that it's a it's a it's a sound investment. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Um, I feel like when you're uh, you know propositioned with questions like that, and we we ask them too. Um, there's no real right answer because there's not a silver bullet but i feel like as long as you can explain to someone why it makes sense to make the decisions that you did in terms of budget then you're probably okay with spending that budget i think it's when people are like yo we got a budget of 50k like let's use all of it and Mm -hmm. it's like well what's the point of using all of it like what 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 strategic how does that how does that make sense and not to say that 
you don't necessarily need to use all of it, but explain why you need to use all of it with this treatment. You know, um, I've seen runaway budgets happen before where it's like, well, we got the money, like, why not just use it? And uh, it's not always the smartest move, you know? Yeah, ultimately, it hurts the artist. Yeah. Like, ultimately, it hurts the artist. Also, because, like, if you think of memorable videos, um, a lot of them were very simple or very, you know, very low budget. It was was just great idea. You know, I think of Kaiser Hideaway or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was it? Lonely Boy, Black Keys, you know, Um, it's that, and, and, you know, Every now and then you have like amazing videos that have very high budgets, but the ideas are amazing behind it. That kind of justifies that spend. So uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. For sure. When you think back to some of the, the projects that, that you've worked on, um, like what have been some of your, your favorite like artist projects uh, where you kind of came in as a creative director? I mean, I guess generally or even with regards to like specific music videos. Now, before you answer this, I want to make clear that we're not saying who are your favorite artists to work with. <laughs> we're not asking that question. No, it's the story that came together. What were your favorite stories and projects? Not necessarily who is the best artist that you've worked with before and creatively. <laughs> Whoever you don't mention, it essentially implies that you hate them. Let me just put my phone on airplane mode real quick. Yeah, <laughs> Make sure yeah. yeah no, um, uh, there's many, in, 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 and truthfully, there is many. Um, a project that I have very hold very close uh, for personal reasons is is a is Sophie Tucker. Uh, they're a very uh, very. Um, smart, witty, quirky duo. Um, and, uh, the, you know, they walked into Ultra's office on like, I was, I don't know, it was like day three for me. So it was very much a, okay, you're going to be my guinea pigs. And, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, and it was, uh, you know, it was kind of like, okay, we learn how to trust each other. Uh, and they're obviously amazing to work with. Uh, and we've had a very long run of building a visual narrative and and uh, and a visual communication together on, I mean on on, on a number of years now. Um, so that you know that that as a whole is a very rewarding project uh, for me. It does help that they're extremely smart people. Other than that, uh, I love to work with the. Uh, obviously very much in quotes, smaller artists. Uh, you know, I, um, you know, I, I worked on videos that got VMA nominated with Kygo, you know, and projects with Steve Aoki and whatever, but, uh, which are great, are really, really great, but they're very established artists with a very clear vision and, and, and very clear way they operate. Um, I love to kind of like work with the artists that are, a little earlier in the stage and really help them, uh, build that visual narrative. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, some other artists that I really love one we've worked together on it's black coffee. You know, when he signed to ultra, he only had like probably an album that only got released in South Africa. Like that was something that we also worked on together with Sam 
and you know and and that's that's that has been an incredible project to to work on um and and it goes back to the story um salt cathedral incredible duo like brooklyn based originally from columbia mix the two worlds uh and i love that um and and there's many more but you know i think that you know these are loco dice i i used to love like you know clubbing and uh you know and uh so even if you know that those are going to be like staple culture records and artists and not necessarily i don't know uh you know billboard top 10 or whatever you know but they have something to say you know a thousand percent right and i'm getting the phone calls from the others okay <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, whoa! Look who we got here. All the people you didn't mention. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, next. <laughs> what's what's uh, um, an example of? And I know we talked about budget before this question, but what's what's an example of a budget that wasn't necessarily too large, but you made the best out of it to kind of give people inspiration of kind of how to pinch that penny and and really create something that may become one of those cultural moments that you just spoke of. I mean. All of the Sophie Tucker videos were really, really low budget or lower budget than you can expect. Uh, and, uh, you know, most of them were done with them, a video guy who sometimes was just the director, a stylist and someone, you know, holding, you know, the, uh, what you call it, you know, the, 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 the thing for the light gaffer or whatever. Is that it? Yeah. No. Like very, very, yeah. very stripped down sets. And, uh, and you, you know, with great styling, you know, and uh, great vision for styling, and and obviously great camera performance, you know, went into the desert and shot a video for a song called Batshit. The desert was or like that was be better than any set you could build, you know. Um, the you know, and, and kind of get creative on how you do these things. Um, the first video we did with them is called the song called Drinky, and. Uh, which I think we got Grammy nominated uh, back in the day, but um, they had a vision. Like we kind of built this world, this jungle world. And there was this um, uh, animator that I knew of who was very big in the commercial space. He's great, you know, doing ads and he really wanted to start directing. And Sophie Tucker needed a video, but you know, there wasn't quite the budget to, you know, they, they were just starting. So, you know, great animator who never directed came down to our budget saying like, this is my opportunity to direct a video. And we took a leap of faith. Uh, and we built this world that then became iconic and came, you know, they're still, it's still, they, they stream, you know, with that nowadays, like they, they stream every day on Twitch and, you know, the, the world that they have around them is, you know, uh, a cousin of what we did five years ago, you know, so, um, uh, I think that the whole Sophie Tucker project is definitely an interesting one on how that came together and, you know, budget was used, uh, in, in very smart ways and, and reasonable and sustainable ways, uh, especially on the video sides that we shot, uh, two videos with an artist called Ero Streffy, uh, who's a pop artist from, uh, Kosovo and, um, she had a, big song called Bon Bon a few years ago. And uh, even that video, by the way, it's just her dancing with an incredible jacket with like a pink fur in the snow. And it's an incredible video, just her in the snow. Uh, and we went, you know, she had 
she was kind of like exploring this reggae infused Jamaican vibe. So we're like, well, let's shoot two videos in Jamaica. So we, we went to Jamaica for a week and, you know, camera in hand <laughs> and, and went to, you know, Jamaican block parties and shot these videos. And, you know, those were not really expensive videos for what we got out of them, especially for where she was at the time. Uh, and, uh, but the, but the result was amazing, you know? So these are just two examples, but I could go on forever, literally. Right. I love it. Well, I, I guess as we come to a close, I, I'm curious, I mean, you, you're drawing on all these experiences and past videos, past projects, creative direction, experiences gained at Ultra and beyond. Um, when you think about the strategy for Rocket Penguin, I mean, I, I, I mean, music in and of itself is like incredibly saturated. Like the amount of songs being released every single day is absolutely baffling. What sort of things are, are top of mind for you as you're working to kind of cut through the noise? I know how you, you kind of mentioned that you're very much leading with a narrative, which I think is a, a very valuable factor. Kind of beyond that, like what other things are, are top of mind with regards to your strategy for continuing to develop Rocket Penguin? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I believe in the music, uh, which is important. And I don't think that the music sound sounds like much that's out there nowadays, uh, although it's influenced by a lot that's out there. So mm-hmm. it may sound familiar, but it's kind of a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to, you know, I want to use, uh, as many tools that I have at my disposal, which is what everyone has at their disposal. So, you know, social media, uh, Twitch, uh, I started streaming on Twitch, uh, which has been very, very fun. Uh, and, you know, interacting with fat new fans, making new fans and, um, and it's, uh, uh, and it, and it's really fun. And, and I think, you know, for my specific case, uh, it's leveraging all the, experience that I, you know, that I kind of got throughout the years and applying those parts that I think are applicable to the project, uh, which not everything works. You know, it's, I'm not really a DJ, but I can DJ and I'm not really a live band, but I do live shows. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy, but I want to lead with this giant penguin and have the narrative lead the story so that if anyone stumbles upon it, they're like, wait, what's this penguin? And B, is there more and why, you know, and, 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 it, and the, 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 you know, the approach that I chose to take is that it can be as lighthearted and as easy as a giant penguin going around New York with neon socks all the way to complex and deep as why is this penguin moving from Antarctica to New York city? Uh, is there uh, an environmental awareness thing? Is there, you know, something that has to do with global warming, you know? And, and so there's, there's, there's many, many layers, but I, it's not, it's not like, Hey, here's everything. It's, it's just a giant penguin that was caught on the subway in New York city that went viral, you know, and went on subway creatures and CBS New York, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, the pandemic has been a challenge, but it has been a challenge for everyone. And uh, you just have to switch the way you approach and 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 transform, you know, concern in in optimism and positive. And and look, I never had that much time to make music, for example, and and explore Twitch and be on social media and do three D design. So I think there's um, 
you know, ultimately what I'm trying to do and what I, I'm fighting to do is like to stay true to the project and take all those steps that ultimately might be a slower growth. But when people land on it and, you know, I managed to get in front of people, get the project in front of people, then they stick with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. The, the intentionality. I'm excited um, to see you continue to grow and develop in that capacity, man. So it should be fun. Thank you. You'll, we'll all go to a show when, um, when it will be possible and you guys can all meet the penguin. There it is. There yeah. it is. That'd be great. That's amazing, man. Well, well, Eddie, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's it's always a pleasure to cross paths and collaborate and uh, very grateful that you were able to come here and uh, shed some light today. Um, so thank you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, man. Till next time. Peace. Damn, that was a great episode, man. I love Eddie. Um, Incredible creative mind. I think love how he really tries to dive into the the root. What's the unique narrative and the story he wants to tell and how can he really bring that to life? I think he does that incredibly well, not only with Rocket Penguin, but with regards to all the different artists he's supporting at Ultra. So, um, really loved every everything that was discussed uh what stood out to you jordan yeah i mean i think going through the process of the question that you should ask when you're working creatively with another creative uh was super valuable so i asked that question thinking a lot of it would be about the music and it wasn't a lot of it is about who they are as a person who their inspirations are getting to know them so that you can help them make something that's a true extension of who they are as a person and as a brand because a lot of times those things intertwine in music so going through that process of start to finish how do we make a video that makes sense for you um, how do we choose a budget that makes sense for the video i thought all of that was super valuable for sure. One thousand percent. Well, uh, as always, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Definitely go check out Vidya, apply. They can be an incredible partner for, for you, for your artists, for yourself, for your label. Uh, they have an exclusive application page just for Music Business Podcast listeners. That's vydia.com slash MBP. Um, and there you have it. We'll be back next week. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. And until then, we out. <laughs>